Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We're in a series called The Heart, Heart Series, and it's all about this verse, Proverbs 4.23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. In the the 1800s, doctors and scientists believed in something called spontaneous generation. Uh, This was the idea that a living organism could just appear out of a non-living organism. And for them, this explained disease. A disease didn't have to come from anything. It could literally just pop up out of nowhere uh, on your arm and infect you and then infect your family and your community, your city, and, and it could sweep through thousands of people. But they wouldn't look for the cause. They would believe it just happened spontaneously, randomly, providentially. Maybe it was God's will. And then one day, a, um, a man called Louis Pasteur came along and he said, I don't think that's true at all. I don't think it just appears out of nowhere. He said, I think that there's invisible organisms that can be transmitted through touch, that can be transmitted through the wind, uh, that, that are everywhere. And that, that this invisible world is somehow impacting our visible world. And, and we can't see it, but it's there. And um, some people really caught on to this idea. And this, this became known as germ, germ theory, I believe. I better double check. Germ theory of disease. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it caught on. And some people then started washing their hands. And they started to quarantine people in diseases and looking for the effects. But some of the most educated and intelligent people at the time disagreed with him. They said, are you telling us that there's like these invisible things just flying around waiting to attack us? Are you telling us that they could even be all over me right now and I can't even see them? Are you trying to tell us that there's this invisible world? that's somehow impacting our world. And there was this huge debate. And Louis Pasteur said, absolutely, absolutely, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And the Bible gives us a really similar picture. The Bible tells us that there's an invisible world that we can't see that's impacting our visible world. That there's an invisible world and the effects of what happens in this invisible world will affect you, they'll affect your family, they'll sweep through your community, they'll affect the lives of thousands, but we can't see it. And that's what I want us to be looking at today. That's the the topic for today, that's what we want to be grasping. And before we jump in and before we look, we're going to go to John chapter 8, but before we do, I want to give you a little bit of a warning, because we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about this. And I want to tell you, frankly, it's disturbing. It's uncomfortable. There'll be some of you who right now are like, this is where I'm going to draw the line. You know, this is the stuff where it's a bit too far out for me. But I want to tell you right now at the beginning that the Bible doesn't really let us do that. If we like 
the love your neighbour bits that Jesus talks about, if we love the treat everybody well and equally bits that he talks about, we at least have to consider some of these harder bits as well. We at least have to engage with them and ask ourselves, do I believe this? So if you can find in your Bibles John chapter 8, we're going to be starting in verse 42. And I want to give you a bit of context before we start. Jesus has been going around, he's been doing all of these miracles, he's been healing people, and um, he's been doing this incredible teaching, and people are starting to talk. They're saying, could this be him? Could this guy be the Messiah? Could this be the one that we've been waiting for? And all the religious teachers are standing back, and they're like, we're not so sure. We don't think he is. And in fact, they start saying the opposite. They start saying, we think he could be a false messiah. We not only don't think he's the Christ, we think he could be the antichrist. And Jesus says to them, you're the educated ones. You're the leaders. You know all the scriptures and all the prophecies. You're the ones who should recognize me straight away. Why is it you don't see who I am? And then he gives them the reason. This is really uncomfortable, but let's read it. Verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's saying, why don't you get it? Why can't you see? Is it because you're deaf? No, I know you're not deaf because you can hear what I'm saying. The reason you're not getting it is because your father is the devil. Try dropping that in a conversation. Ouch. Like, this is so offensive. These Pharisees have literally, in the verse before, they've just said to Jesus, our father is Moses. Our father is Abraham. Jesus is like, no, your father is the devil. Jesus is saying that there's a deceiver and that, that these Pharisees are so deceived that they're hearing what he says and they're attributing it to something completely different, that they're so confused because they've been wrapped up in the lies. So offensive. And you might be here today and you might be thinking, is he trying to tell me that Jesus believed that there was a literal person, a literal devil, that there's this unseen world which is invisible and malevolent, which is against us and affecting our seen world. And I want to say to you, absolutely. That's absolutely what I'm trying to tell you today. You see, here's what Jesus believed. And you don't have to believe this, but this is what Jesus believed. Jesus believed that there was an actual personality, a he, an entity, a being. And he named him the devil. And he believed that this devil's ultimate agenda was murder and that his power was lies and that he would speak lies to destroy our way of life, that he is an anti-human being. And what he will do is he will convince people until they're so confused that what they believe is right is wrong 
and what they believe is wrong is actually right. And everyone around these people will look and you will see it, but they can't see it for themselves because they've been so lost in the lies. And throughout the Bible, we get this warning again and again and again. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he says this, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. James says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Purify your hearts. 2 Timothy 2, escape the trap of the devil who takes people captive to do his will. And then Paul also says in Ephesians, do not give the devil a foothold. And later in the same letter, take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the invisible realms. The Bible wants you to know that we have an enemy. We have an adversary who wants to damage our hearts. John Eldridge says, the story of your life is the story of the long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you could be and fears it. Whether you believe this, whether you know this or not, you've already been in a battle. Your heart has already been in a war. There's already something which wants to destroy your future and your potential. And so today I want to share four lies that I think that we believe. And these lies are toxic on their own. If you believe one of them, it can have damaging effects on your life. If you believe all four, it becomes like this, this cocktail of destruction that can sweep through your life, that can sweep through your family and your community, just like a disease. And they are this. Number one, you're on your own in life. Number two, God can't be trusted. Number three, boundaries are there to hurt you. And number four, the only way is down. We see these lies played out in the story in Luke chapter 8 of a man from a region called the Gerasenes. And we're going to go through his story today. But as we do, I don't want you to sit there and look at this from a distance. I want you to really engage with this. I want you to ask God as we go through this to reveal anything in your life. I want you to put yourself in his position and say, have I believed this lie? Have I been deceived in this? And do I need to learn a truth? So we're going to start in verse 26. They sailed to a region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. And when Jesus stepped to shore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not lived in a house, but had lived in tombs. He'd been driven by the demon into solitary places. There's heart attack Number one, attack that the enemy wants to have on your heart. It is his first desire is to get you separated from other people, to get you isolated, to get you alone, to destroy your hope or your belief that it's possible to find genuine love, to find real partnership, to find true community. And he's thrilled if even today when you're sitting here, 
amongst a group of people who are desperate to be in community with you if you believe somewhere in your heart that you're truly alone. This is a lie that breaks marriages. This is the lie that will divide families. This is the lie that splits churches. The first lie, you are on your own. Don't be vulnerable. Don't be around people. Have you been believing this lie somewhere in your life? In your grow group? Do you believe maybe you don't need to be in community with people? In church, do you believe that maybe you can just turn up and disappear and that's okay? You don't need to be around other people. Have you been believing it in your family? Is it all about your rights, your needs, your way? Is it all about you? Where is this lie isolating you? On meeting Jesus, this person who came to save him, this person who'd come when no one else wanted to go near him, this man is so deceived, he's so wrapped up in lies, he turns around to Jesus, he says, what do you want from me, Jesus? I beg you, don't torture me, Jesus. He says, don't hurt me, Jesus. He says, don't judge me, Jesus. Don't rub it in. Don't make me feel even worse than I do already. Don't break me. This man says, don't torture me to Jesus. Can you see the lie that he's believing? Why would Jesus torture him? He doesn't realise that God is a good, good father. Like we were singing in that song earlier. He believes that his, his role is to judge us, to condemn us, to hurt us that he wants us to feel pain for some reason and he doesn't want the best for us. It's the same lie we find right in the beginning in the Garden of Eden that Satan says to Adam and Eve. And he says to them, make your own rules. God does not want the best for you. Don't trust his promises for your life. You need to work and find your own way because you are the only person who's gonna look out for you. God does not care for you. God's heart is not beating for you. It's a lie. God sent his only son to die for us because he loves us so much. The first lie is that you're all alone. The second lie is that God is not good. Where in your life have you not been trusting in God's goodness? Where have you not been trusting God? as a good, good father. Lie number three. And this is a lie that we hear every single day from our culture, from our radio, from our televisions, from our computers. And it's simply this, that limits hurt me. The Bible says, many, time, many times the demon had seized him and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he'd broken his chains. Why would they have chained this man up? to prevent him from hurting himself and hurting other people. The heart attacker, the father of lies, knows that if he can get into your heart and make you believe that limits are a bad thing, then you're going to be wide open for trouble. You're going to be wide open for pain and destruction. Freedom always has boundaries. 
Freedom always has boundaries. If you have freedom without boundaries, it's always going to lead you to a place of slavery. You're going to be enslaved by something if you don't keep boundaries. Does your heart whisper, nobody tells me what to do? Does your heart whisper, nobody is going to set boundaries over my life? Does your heart whisper, why should somebody else keep me accountable? These are lies. These are toxic lies that are going to pull you down. The first lie is that you're all alone. The second lie is that God is not good. The third lie is that limits are there to hurt you. Where are you pushing against limits that are there to protect you? Where have you mistaken boundaries for prison? And if you believe those three lies, you will become so vulnerable for the fourth. Heart attack number four. The Bible says that Jesus came to heal the man and the demons begged him repeatedly not to order them to go down into the abyss. At the end of the Bible, there's a book called Revelation. And in this book, it describes what will happen at the end of time. And it says that there will be a day when every injustice is righted. Is that bad grammar, but you know what I'm saying. There'll be a day when everything that was done wrong will be paid for. There'll be a day when the demons, when the devil are all thrown into this place called the abyss and everything is put right. And that's what these, these demons are talking about. And I find this story incredible. I find it absolutely incredible because if you read this, what you find is Jesus is actually showing mercy to these demons. Can you get your head around that? Jesus is showing them mercy. They didn't believe that there was any mercy for them. They were like, don't destroy us. And Jesus says, okay, I won't. The lie that we feel with heart attack number four is that there's no mercy for us. That the only way is down. That once you've rebelled against God, it can never get better. That you might as well just keep on living with that addiction, keep on living with that behaviour, keep on living with that problem because it's never going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And maybe even today you're starting to feel like there's no hope for you in that area of your life. There's no hope for your finances. There's no hope for that relationship. Maybe there's no hope for you. The only way is down. And Jesus is saying, no, that is a lie. The only way is up. The best is still to come. The rest is the best. Have you been believing that lie? I know that I've believed that lie before. I know I've got to that point and I've said, there's no way out of this. The only way for me now is down. There can be no forgiveness for that. Getting out of this is going to be so hard. I'm just not sure that I can even approach it. Jesus is saying, I'll do it with you. When it's too hard, I'll carry you up. So these are four lies, and I believe that every single one of us has believed at least one of them. You're on your own in life. God cannot be trusted. Boundaries are there to hurt you, and the only way is down. 
So do you want to know the good news or the bad news today? The good news, somebody said. Somebody brave said, because there's been enough bad news. I'll start with the bad news, because that's the order I wrote it down. <laughs> the good news and the bad news actually both come in the same verse. as John 10.10. 10. And it starts with the bad news. The bad news says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I don't know about you, but I've done so much traveling in this world. I've been places, I've seen things. And I've seen enough in slums and brothels. I've seen enough in parliament and pubs. I've seen enough in rough estates and in posh suburbs to realize that there is a malevolent force in this world. I believe that there's a real devil and that he is not on our side, but he is out to get us. And I've seen that force travel through lives and through communities and I've seen it steal and destroy. But the second half of that verse is so much better than the first half because there's good news and the good news comes in the name Jesus. Here's the good news. He says, I have come so that they may have life and life to the full. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Do you know who the they is that Jesus is talking about right there? It's you. It's me. Why don't we say this together? We can say, he came so that I may have life and life to the full. Let's say that all together. He came so that I may have life and life to the full. We said it loud enough to wake a sleeping baby. Sorry, Simeon. <laughs> Jesus wants us to have life and life to the full. And so for every lie, he gives us a truth. And the truths that he gives us, they're not only the keys to breaking the lies, these are seeds. These are the keys to living the fullest kind of life. So I'm going to just go through these one more time. And at the beginning, when you came in, you should have received a heart, a paper heart. If you've got one, can you just wave it at me? If you haven't got one, can you stick your hand up high? And I'll ask the welcome team to come and get you one of these hearts. Just keep your hand raised high. What we're going to do, I'm going to go through these lies one more time. And I want you to ask yourself, is that lie mine? Is there somewhere where I've believed in that lie? And if you have, when I speak that lie, I just want you to raise your hand just to say, I believed that. And then I'll go to the next lie and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand for that one as well and say, I believe that one. And we'll go through one, two, three, four and do that for them all. And after I've gone through all of the lies, we're going to pray. And I'm going to read out some biblical truths that Jesus has to say about you today. And what I want you to do at the end of that is to write down a truth on your heart that defeats the lie that you've believed. A truth that triumphs over that lie. And then you're going to get the sticky side and you're going to just stick it on your heart and you're going to wear that and you're going to identify with that truth. Is everyone with me? Do you get what we're doing? 
We're trying to be practical because we believe that if you believe something, you should do something as well. So I'm trying to make this practical. So we're going to go through them one more time, those four lies. Number one, have you believed that you're on your own? Have you been pulling away from people in an area of your life? Have you been deceived by an enemy who wants to put you into solitary confinement and keep you away from your family, your church, your community? If that's something that you've believed, just quickly raise your hand right now. Okay, okay, hands down. Lie number two, have you not been trusting that God is a good, good father? Is there an area of your life, a circumstance, a situation where you're like, actually, I need to just believe that God is good. I need to trust that God is a good, good father in every area of my life. You know, circumstances will let you down. Life may be hard, but God is always good. If you've been believing that lie today that God is not good, just raise your hand with me right now. Great, and hands down. Line number three, boundaries will hurt me. Have you been believing a lie that says that lines and limits are bad? That lines in moral behaviour, that lines in, in action, in how you treat people, that struggles or patterns that want to put you in place. Have you been believing that boundaries are bad if you've been deceived by this lie? Just raise your hand with me right now. Great, and hands down, please. And finally, number four, is there an area of your life where you see no hope? Where you believe that the only way is down in that? It could be with family, it could be with friends, it could be relationship, it could be just in general. Maybe you're feeling that life has got so bad for you, you can't even see a way forward. If you've been believing that there's no way up, the only way is down, just raise your hand with me right now, please. Great. Um, can we please close our eyes? Jesus describes the enemy as the father of lies. He says he has no weapon against you except lies. And Jesus is our father of truth. Jesus speaks truth over you. Jesus uses truth to defeat the lies. I believe that this is what Jesus wants to say to you today. Jesus says, come in from the tombs. You have a home. Luke, 4, Luke 8, 39. You were not made to be alone. Genesis 2, 18. You are my child. John 1, 12. You are worth dying for. Romans 5, 8. You will thrive in community. 2 Peter 3.13, whatever happens, whatever you go through, whatever life throws at you, I will never abandon you. You will never need to be alone. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, you do not have a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 3 verse 7, you have been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.19-20, however you are, whatever's happened, you are accepted by me. You are so loved by me, John 3.16. I have adopted you and you are in my family, Ephesians 5 verse 1. Everything you have done is already forgiven, Colossians 1.14. 
You are complete. You are complete. You lack absolutely nothing. Colossians 2 verse 10. You are secure. You are free from wrath. God has nothing for you except for love. Romans 8, 1 to 2. You can never be separated from God's love. Romans 8, 35 to 39. You can be confident that God is not done working in you, that the best is still to come. Philippians 1, verse 6. You belong to God. Satan can never touch you. He can never hold you. He can never have you. 1 John 5, 18. You are significant. You are so significant. You are important in God's eyes. Matthew 5, verse 14. You have been chosen and anointed to bear incredible fruit. John 15, verse 16. You have been commissioned to be a personal witness for Christ. Acts 1, verse 8. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The very presence of God lives inside you. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. You are a masterpiece, crafted by God Himself, a work of art. Ephesians 2, verse 10. You can do anything. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Ephesians 4, verse 13. You see, shame never wins. Lies never beat truth. God is for you. He's never against you. Jesus loves you and He died for you. And on that cross, the devil was defeated. The devil is like a bag of hot air. He's like a balloon. We have as much to fear from the devil as we do a balloon. And these lies mean nothing if you don't believe them. So what is the truth that pops that balloon? What is that pin of truth that Jesus is speaking over you today that will ruin that lie? On your heart, why don't you just spend a moment right now and write that truth. It could have been one of those verses. It could be something that Jesus is even just saying to you right now. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in this moment. What is that truth? And when you've found it, when you've written it down, just place that heart over yours. Claim that for yourself. As some people are doing that, I want to give you a chance today to make a huge decision, a life-changing decision. I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand if, if this describes you, because I feel like there's probably some people today who are having a bit of a battle going on between their head and their heart. And in your heart, there's something going on and, and maybe you're saying, I believe in this, I believe in Jesus. 
but in your head there's something else which is battling against it and saying, but I, I don't understand it all. There's, there's a whole lot that, that that guy at the front's been talking about, which I'm not sure if I, if I can come to terms with all of that. And what I want to say to you, if that's you today, is don't let your head or your heart win that battle because it should never be a battle between your head and your heart. I believe that faith is your head and your heart working together. That we can fully engage our minds and look at the world and look at our experiences and say, I can see stuff and I can understand this much. But we always come to a point when we realise that there's even more that we don't understand. You see, in that story I told at the beginning about Louis Pasteur, there were some people who were so wrapped up in the way that they were thinking that they couldn't see truth. They were so busy being rational that they couldn't believe something that fit outside of that. Whereas Louis Pasteur could be rational, but he could also say that there's more. And I want to say that there is an invisible world that God is real, that Jesus did die and that He did die for you. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus yet, I want to give you an opportunity to say, I want to respond. I want to make today a day when I choose to believe. And if that's you, what I want you to do on your heart is just to write the words, I believe. Just write it on your heart right now. If you want to say, I believe in Jesus today, I might not understand it all, but I'm okay. I'm engaging my intelligence and I'm understanding there's even more. And you want to write, I believe in Jesus today. Just write it on your heart and then put that onto your chest as well. If that's you, could you just raise a hand for me? Because I'd like to pray for you before we finish and before we go into worship. If you want to pray that prayer, if you want to say, today I choose to believe, just raise your hand with me right now. Thank you. Anybody else? I see another hand, another hand at the back. Great. Can we all stand and pray this together? Pray with me. Jesus, I believe in you. Even when I don't understand everything, I believe in you. I'm sorry that I've believed things that aren't true. And I thank you that you speak truth. And that your truth changes my life. Jesus, I give my life to you from this day onwards. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.